Magic of the Spears podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. On this episode, I'm bringing you the astrology forecast for March 10 to March 16th, 2021. This audio was originally shared as a YouTube video, which you can also find on my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch. You can find the forecast in written version at monarchastrology.com. And I also bring them to this podcast most weeks. So I hope that you enjoy and I'm going to get right into it. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch bringing you the astrology forecast for March 10th to March 16th. This week's new moon in Pisces literally touches my heart. The themes of Pisces season are so beautiful and healing, and it's also just so beautiful that this new moon is conjunct Neptune and Venus in Pisces. This week truly is a portal for heart healing. And without much ado, I'll just get into our week. Uh, but first, a few announcements. So I will share my screen and um, this being, if you want to receive these forecasts in written form to your inbox every week, along with the YouTube link, um, you can sign up for my mailing list and that's the best place to stay in touch for um, hearing about my courses, as well as when my astrology readings open. And you can also find me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. My evolutionary astrology intensive is coming up May 10th. I love teaching this course. We go over the foundations of understanding evolutionary astrology, which is a soul-based, Pluto-based karmic astrology um, about your soul's ongoing evolution, life to life, reincarnation. What's the purpose of this lifetime? What have you brought into this life? And really diving into all of the archetypes from a very deep, nuanced, like embodied perspective. And I'll leave the link for that um, in the notes so that you can learn more and read student testimonials and enroll. I have two new episodes of the podcast out this week. I recorded something called Lessons About Physical Beauty. Um, I mean, we're talking about heart healing and like some Venus, Neptune stuff here. So uh, this was the week that this transmission came through and it was about some things I learned in 2020 about beauty. And then I also have an interview out with Stephanie Sandara called A Telos of Love, Slicing Through Non-Truth and Romantic Creativity. And this was just a gorgeous conversation. Really, these podcast episodes this week are very in alignment with the current transits. <clears throat> okay, so that is what I have for you in terms of announcements. And I will get into this. These um, videos that I bring you, and I also put this on Magic of the Spheres podcast, um, I'm reading to you the written version of the forecast, which you can find at monarchastrology.com every week, and I'm reading it and adding commentary as I go. So on March 10th, 2021, the sun in 20 degrees of Pisces will conjunct Neptune in 20 degrees of Pisces at 4.01 p.m. Pacific. Pisces and Neptune bring dissolving, the energy of dissolving, whether that is disillusionment around something that we once counted on as real or promising, or the dissolving of a negative dream or a form of unnecessary suffering. 
From a higher perspective, it is often the case that deeper levels of understanding and truth heal, that suffering can be dispelled with wisdom or clarity. Just keeping in mind that the the dissolving energy of Pisces can feel very disillusioning if it's dissolving something that we feel attached to, um, but also healing if it's dissolving something that we really don't need to be holding on to. It may also be that every circumstance or event of our lives is carrying us home. Home is in a place of deeper remembrance of all that is and a union with all things. When we follow the thread, it connects us back to the whole. We may come to have faith in this principle and still feel moments of fog where we aren't sure where we are going and we either struggle and or trust. Um, So anyone that already has a relationship with trusting life, you know, there's still moments where we feel doubt or we aren't sure where we're going or we're confused. And those are definitely those moments where that faith energy is is exercised. March 13th, 2021, we have the new moon in 23 degrees of Pisces at 2.21 a.m. Pacific. This new moon is conjunct Venus and Neptune in Pisces. I fall in love a little just looking at the stellium where we have Venus, Neptune, and the sun and the moon all in Pisces very close together. This is such a dreamy cosmic love energy and a seed of that is growing more visible in our consciousness as this lunar cycle progresses. When we are calling in something new in our lives beyond what we already know, it calls upon our willingness to seek, to discover, to contemplate, to consider, to experience. Sometimes meaningful growth in our personal and spiritual lives isn't about knowing the exact steps of how we are going to get there before we set off on the journey. It's knowing that we trust the learning process, that we trust that we will discover things beyond what we can even imagine at the onset of the journey. So even just feel into how expansive that possibly is as a feeling to know that beautiful, amazing, healing, wonderful enchanting things are headed your way that you can't even imagine. And of course, that's a very positive attitude to take because we can also feel so anxious or feel dread or feel like something terrible is going to happen. Um, But both of those things speak to essentially, you know, in a, in a rough or a broader sense, our trust or faith in life. And so If we choose to trust life or choose to have faith in life, then there's this kind of buoyant, you know, Pisces traditional rulers, Jupiter, that sense of anticipating good things or feeling like, you know, a lot of things that you've already enjoyed or found to be peak experiences or meaningful experiences in your life surpassed a past versions of you, a past version of you use. I can't say this grammatically. It surpassed a past version of your own imagination. So you were surprised and enchanted and mesmerized and just given some kind of grace by life. 
So when we preemptively anticipate that, um, it kind of works as a living prayer and it sets us up on a timeline or a trajectory to meet that. One prayer that holds a special meaning for me is asking the universe to prepare me for that which I'm calling in. With ease and grace is a good way to top it off. To me, this is a humble acknowledging that I am asking for forces greater than me to help me along, to expand me past what I already know or understand. It tunes me in with a deeper contemplation with life itself at that point, because I've been asked to be prepared. So then my life is the preparation. So then I'm able to notice how life is guiding me to that which I've called in. I believe that this is inherently something that works when we ask for things that are in alignment with our nature. Like a seed becoming a tree, it is a natural expression for that seed to become a tree. Becoming who we deeply are is an act of creativity, but also an act of surrender. It's a potent yes to all that is as it lives inside of us. So surrendering to that true deep intention inside of us. And the magical thing is we don't always have to know what it is. Sometimes there's a sense of um, like numinosity or fogginess or unclearness about what we think our purpose is or what we think we're here to do um, or who we want to be. And so simply holding a, a prayer around understanding that true intention, like a candle flame in your heart, you know, like it's a flicker, it's a flame and it becomes a wildfire at some point, the more that you focus on it. Um, but to start to kindle that by paying attention to it or asking about it or seeking like Pisces does bring us in touch with that kind of numinous seeking. When it comes to our dreams, our purpose, our Dharma, there are supportive forces at work that help us walk this path, but we also have to choose to walk it. With this new moon to peak in a full moon two weeks later where the lunation is going to aspect Saturn, we'll have a um, sun in Aries, moon in Libra, and they both will aspect Saturn in Aquarius. This suggests that we might want to consider how we take actual responsibility for our dreams. Of course, it is a wisdom path to know where we let go and let God, as the saying goes, versus where we initiate action. Later this day, Venus in 20 degrees of Pisces will conjunct Neptune in 20 degrees of Pisces at 8.08 p.m. Pacific. As I've been saying, this is a beautiful time for heart healing. Venus relates to pleasure, abundance, joy, luxury, aesthetic, beauty, and of course, love and relationship. Neptune is the higher octave of Venus, fittingly so as at a higher level, everything in this reality is relationship, inextricably. When we approach healing or healing anything, we're having a better, more graceful, more fruitful, etc. experience in this reality. It often comes down to our relationships. Our literal human relationships, but also our relationships with the elements, our relationships with the um, with energies and with energetics, our relationships with the planets, our relationships with ideas, our relationships with our personal struggles, 
and so on. A deeper truth emerges that nothing is statically constituted by itself, like not even at the molecular level. It is all in relationship. So it is never just the person or the experience or the thing or the idea, but how we relate to the person, the experience, the thing, the idea. And therein lies a world of infinite possibility. For any given situation, what kind of relatedness would be in the highest service? And this is something that you can ask your higher self. You can ask it in meditation. You can practice divination. Um, there's many, many ways to pose these questions. Our relationships may be experiencing an upwelling of fullness, like time and events are leading to a kind of climactic energy. This tends to be more positive an experience, subjectively speaking, this climactic energy, when it is taking the form of mutual celebration and attraction. Of course, right? Um, in experiences of fullness of love, in any kind of relationship, we are only tasked with expanding our range to receive, hold, and express those increasing multitudes of sensation. Consider if you have the active practice of allowing these bliss states or allowing these feelings. I was just shown an image when I was writing this of rolling a sore muscle on a foam roller or like a rubber ball and the practice of leaning and breathing into those tender, painful spots to allow an opening and a release. And so similarly, Encountering intense sensation of a pleasurable kind also invites a kind of release and softening. We have to get comfortable receiving the love, abundance, pleasure, etc., that we desire. Opening to this is not necessarily passive, but a choice. In cases of relationship experiencing a peak moment of full, fullness or a climax that is related to the relationship ending in some form or another. We are looking at the transformation of love. This can be bittersweet when the original portal that inspired the reality of love changes forms or is no longer an open portal and that love can now go somewhere else. Some truly inspired thoughts on this came through in the podcast episode with Stephanie Sandara that came out this week. March 15th, Mercury enters Pisces at 3.26 a.m. Pacific. There is also daylight savings. Um, so now I'm talking PDT instead of PST, but I just say Pacific anyway. So Mercury entered Pisces or enters Pisces on the 15th. I read one time in a channeled text I believe it was one of the Sanaya Roman books, the Oren texts, something to the effect that a positive thought is thousands of times more powerful than a negative one. And I believe this 100%, and whether or not it is objectively true matters little to me. As a thought form, it really kind of annihilated so much anxiety for me. Um, and I align with it because it has increased my well-being. In practice, I found it to become a reality and immensely liberating. 
And this is because, you know, we don't really control the thoughts that go through our minds. Like we can think things involuntarily. So if I were to feel disempowered by that, that would not feel great. Right. But I get to choose thoughts on purpose and knowing that I can choose a magical thought that is thousands of time more powerful because of its uh, positivity or magic is a really fun thought form to work with. So what this looks like is that I resource beautiful images or ideas to overcome any negative inertia or, you know, of the negative inertia of negative or damaging thought forms. So let's say I've had a thought pattern for years. That's just really not serving me in order to shift the direction, shift the tide, shift the conditioning. I'll find a beautiful high image to meditate on to shift the pattern. The practice is to find meditative affirmations, images, or thought forms that open new doors in your life and make possibility for your dreams to come true. So instead of spending all your mental currency on your anxiety or what you don't like, you create a talismanic image or word in your mind's eye. To be clear, this is not for the sake of denial or avoidance. There's still totally a place to look at ourselves and analyze things and be with things that are unpleasant um, or challenging. This activity is for constructing, helping to construct new neural pathways and spiritual pathways. So here's some examples um, or example applications of this kind of resourcing a high thought form to shift your life. When experiencing a problem that you don't yet have a solution to, imagine having a solution and how wonderful that feels. Practice mentally and emotionally merging with that reality. You don't have to know the specific details. In the coming hours, days, weeks, etc., the solution will download into your mind or into your circumstances because you energetically merged with that level of wholeness or completion. This is, you know, also akin to the process of, you know, you're racking your mind trying to solve something and you get so tired that you go to sleep and you wake up and your subconscious has figured it out for you and you have the idea. This is kind of like a version of that where by entertaining the frequency of wholeness or completion, you tune into a frequency that then resources you with the information that you need. It's a, it's just like a magic thing to do. Another one, making a practice every morning of deciding what kind of day you'd like to have. It's basic, but every day when I wake up, I decide in some form or another that it's going to be a great day. Over time of doing this every single day, and I've only really been doing this every day, um, maybe for a couple of months, and it's profound. Um, it's profound what kinds of fulfilling experiences stream into that space. Because for me, you know, deciding that it's going to be a great day at the beginning of the day, it bypasses the analysis of what would give it permission to be a wonderful day. 
Like if I have something particularly great or exciting planned, um, I could have nothing planned. I could have, um, a lot of work I have to do. Um, I could have a dentist appointment. It doesn't matter. It's like deciding that I can be pleasantly surprised and overjoyed by life. And just by setting that intention, creating an openness or a receptivity toward that becoming a reality and magical things happening that wouldn't have occurred otherwise without that choice being made at the beginning of the day. Um, of course, you can also make a choice at any point in the day. Another magical activity is saying, I am open to stepping into a new frame of time and changing the energy um, with your word. So let's, you know, coming back to this, choosing what it's going to be like at the beginning of the day. If we're in the midst of a rougher patch in life, um, where we're going through some particularly difficult circumstances, we may have more patterns or grooves set in place with that according frequency of how we're relating with the difficulty of our life in that moment. Life is hard, life is unfulfilling, etc. And so applying the energetic frequency of improving your life or of having a good day or whatever it is um, can begin to make subtle changes until its domino effect becomes increasingly obvious and apparent in your life. So what I'm saying is like, if, if your circumstances are not in a place that's good, or you're not feeling good about it, or you're going through something difficult, that inviting in this kind of like playful life is good energy might make these like subtle adjustments. Like a, a little, you know, I've definitely had chapters of like hardship or moments in time where I was just really uh, beset with grief or something like that. And I would find that like the day was a struggle, but something beautiful would happen at least by the nighttime. And I at least had like one or two things to count on as like this was good and building the inertia around that. Um, if we're, if we're playing this game, when life is more difficult, it definitely invites faith, um, or the willingness to play. Even if life is just like simple or it's good, it's still this willingness to play a game of having an intention and seeing what happens. When getting into a creative space or an art making space. So here's another magical thought form. Pretend you're brilliant and inspired, no matter what's actually happening. And over time, you do end up channeling something because, you know, like fake it till you make it isn't my favorite phrase. Like, I don't think it applies in every single situation. But when you're playing, when you're just like making art and you get into a play state and you are just playing the role of like brilliance or that you're channeling something, you're building the energetic, emotional architecture for that reality to become real. So, you know, over time, it ends up creating something. So create elaborate liberties for yourself about what was artistically adventurous or meaningful about what you created and you're creating an energetic foundation for yourself. You know, it's kind of like being a kid and playing house and you just pretend that you're an adult, even though you're a kid and you just go for it. Um, so when you're making, you know, when you're in a creative process, sometimes 
to get past the the resistance of art making or the self-judgment that comes with art making to just like play and pretend that it's great and find a reason that it's great until that becomes more real. Another one, if you feel out of control and in challenging mental territory, for example, you feel like you're losing it or you're having a thought form that says that, uh, focus on how grounded you are and how capable you are. Choose it. Reroute your mental creativity into a thought form that serves you. Of course, if you need help, get help. But I share this one because at some point in my life, um, you know, I became very aware of when I was having those kind of thoughts of like, oh, I'm losing it. And just how um, when I made the choice to believe in my own capacity, even when knocked off balance, that it was very stabilizing. And so this kind of all of these practices, in a sense, boil down to do you believe all your thoughts and which thoughts do you choose to believe? And there's a creativity in that. In a holistic context, these fun realm jumping activities of resourcing higher images or feeling states to alter your circumstances is a very lifted, elevated activity. It does not mean there is no space for shadow, for intense emotion, for the swampiness, for the deep psyche. It's kind of equivalent, you know, this process of enjoying basking in the sunlight and liking to eat your root vegetables. Resourcing the upper realms and the magic that we contact there is an ingredient to a beautiful life that I suggest not sleeping on or overlooking. But of course, it isn't everything either. Sometimes when people explore vibrational magic, like what I was just sharing, there is a tendency to want to compartmentalize or repress other things, like don't have any ugly thoughts or pretend that nothing bad is happening. So you keep your vibration clear. No, enjoy the sunlight. Enjoy your root vegetables. <laughs> they all can like coexist. It's not either or like anything Mercury. And we're talking about Mercury and Pisces here. This is both. And the more we practice and learn about ourselves, the more skillful we become at navigating many of our different aspects and emotions and experiences. On March 16th, 2021, the sun in 26 degrees of Pisces will sextile Pluto in 26 degrees of Capricorn at 11.26 a.m. Pacific. So some of these downloads went deep. Trigger warning around violence and assess if the following messages are right for you or not, and take them in or not accordingly. Mood shift. Okay. Generally, I emphasize the importance of befriending Saturn and Capricorn. Saturn as an archetype and Capricorn as an archetype. Um, I emphasize the importance of befriending them because these archetypes relate to inevitable aspects of reality, like bones, aging, structure, time, etc. And we can feel victimized by these things, or we can decide how we want to play with them. We come into this life essentially helpless and dependent. If it were not for caretakers, we would not survive. Like just flat out, 
As we grow, we become more aware of how to take care of ourselves as well as how to ask for the help that we need. Socially, we become tasked with more responsibilities as we age. There is a maturation process with Saturn. In many facets and nuances in this life, the maturation process exists practically anywhere you can imagine it. So let's look at a few um, examples of deep plutonic responsibility. Here's one. Take being visible in the world or in one's particular social circle or career field. This identity or this visibility comes with many invitations and lessons around what it means to be in that position and how to navigate the possible ways that people can project onto you or treat you, as well as how you internalize that role and how you treat other people from the vantage point of that role. How much you identify with that role, how fluid your ego structures are around it, how we navigate the energetics of attention that's placed on us. And since we don't control other people's behavior, most of this process is really an inside job. It's about how we carry ourselves, how we relate with our given position, and how we relate with other people. Another one, consider being a sexual being, but in the world. Sexuality exists, and it is part of the field, regardless of how about it or not about it we feel in any particular moment. There are embedded social trends around sexuality and politics around it. And we are also individuals with power and agency to navigate this thick field of social conditioning. While there is so much to say about this vast topic, I can offer one example purely from my own personal experience that growing up witnessing so much media imagery about violence toward women from men. And just that being a really strong collective trauma and collective message, part of the field. This became something I had to, chose to shake off. It was a message I decided to reject. I went through a process of analyzing in my psyche, my body, everything. How I had internalized my involvement in being the recipient of unwanted or abusive attention. Not calling it my fault, but recognizing I did have the power to change the story. I reflected on how those behaviors are energetics, or I reflected on those behaviors and those energetics, and self consciously edited them and cultivated a version of myself who repelled and was not available for harm. I changed how I relate to men, masculinity, recognizing that a large number of men are also sensitive to this cultural conditioning and do not wish to do any harm. I went through this process of editing myself and my energetics to have a different experience within social reality because I literally felt I could not afford to be connected to that abusive storyline. And I truly wanted fulfilling relationships and friendships with all people. And I did not want to be harmed, but rather loved, honored, and celebrated. 
I make this point to share that while social conversations around poor behavior coming from other people's ignorance or privilege is very alive in the collective and part of the reveal of social abuses of power with Pluto and Capricorn, and this conversation is illuminating and important in its own right. It's creating deeper awareness that's important. At some point, we can also make a deep transformation inside of ourselves to call in a different reality. After we consider a problem, we can imagine a solution that may or may not be super entangled with that original problem. When we untangle thick social conditioning inside of ourselves, inside of our very own selves, the ripple effect we create in social reality is potent and it is part of calling in a new world. It is literally the be the change you wish to see in the world maxim deeply applied. Consider it both in the context of how you treat other people and how you create invitations or boundaries around what kind of treatment you wish to receive. What kinds of treatment you internalize. Even if the social field is still thick with old patterning. Try to go underneath the conversation of whose fault it is and get below it energetically. It becomes about relationship and the messiness of relationship and the ecosystems of relationship and all of the social conditioning and patterning and how we relate to all of that and navigate it. Getting in there is where a lot of power for change exists. So that's what I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Yeah, I was really, when I sat down to write this forecast, I never know what's going to come through, you know, but this has been quite a Pisces season um, in terms of the, the beauty of this season, the magic of Pisces season. And when I was contemplating that last part with the sun in Pisces and Pluto and Capricorn, I think of you know, Pluto and Capricorn is about like the shadow of the collective or the shadow of society and sun in Pisces is a dreamer. And so thinking about how we, how we relate to any kind of given collective shadow and what ways we dream a new world, um, was something that inspired me for the last part. Um, I forgot to mention at the beginning, but please like this video, please subscribe and hit the notification bell and leave a comment. Let me know what you think and how you're doing um, and perhaps what you are um, reflecting on for this Pisces new moon or what you may be calling in. Thank you for watching. 